Hey, you're listening to The Treehouse Storyteller. Meet me in the treehouse for God-shaped storytelling. Treehouse Storyteller is where we can come together as messy parents seeking Jesus together and raising kids to love Him too. If you aren't scared of addressing cultural issues head-on and finding a deeper understanding of the biblical worldview to share with your children, then you've come to the right place. I'm not afraid to be transparent and tell all of the juicy details. Our children are being chased by the world and it is our job to be well equipped and know not only how to lead our flock, but successfully send our arrows out into the world one day to build the kingdom. I'm a children's book author, illustrator, and longtime photographer. I'm a mama of three kiddos with a hobby farm in Colorado foothills. I passionately share real life moments, raising our family to value the outdoors, animals, camping, mountain life, nature, the arts, you name it, but especially our love for Jesus. So snuggle up by the fire or soak up the sunshine with those earbuds in and meet me in the treehouse for some biblical storytelling. All right, everybody, I want to dive into Psalms today. I have been doing a lot of Psalms. I've been reading back through Isaiah a lot in my morning time, and there's been, you know, just some really unique things that have popped up that have, of course, allowed me to dig deeper into the Word, dig deeper into God's meaning behind it, and to really just seek Him out uh, within the words of His pages in His Word. And Um, I found myself in Psalm 78 this morning, and goodness, it is a retelling of the rebellion of Israel and how God's people have still not figured it out, and they just keep going back and forth. And I am surely not critical of them. I think I would do the same thing because, you know what, I do the same thing. I think you would agree with me. We all give our lives to the Lord. If you are a believer, like, oh God, here's my life. Here I surrender everything to you. I sing all the songs. I give you my life. I I worship you. I adore you. Um, but then we find ourselves going, okay, cool. I got that checked off, and you know what? I'm gonna run this thing on my own now. Um, and I'm good to go. So thanks, God, for your help. Thanks for pulling me out. And now now here we go. <laughs> and I think this is exactly what his people keep doing. And um, it's just, you know, going back through it with the Psalms, just seeing the recounting of everything going back and forth where they they cling to God. They rely on God for their strength and their hope and their their freedom. And then all of a sudden, they kind of forget, don't they? They they kind of forget that that is how they got there in the first place was by God's strength and by God's power and that he keeps freeing them and saving them and protecting them over and over. They start just going fully into their sin again. They're wanting things of the world and they are falling into the trap of the enemy and God sees this obviously and verse 34 of chapter 78 just really stood out to me today and I want to read that verse to you 34 and 35 when he God when he slew them then he sought them 
and they returned and sought earnestly for God. Then they remembered that God was their rock and the most high God, their redeemer. So we see this like pivotal moment and it's like snuck in here in between all of this destruction, all of the sin, all of these things going on where they're, you know, tempted and deny him and go their own way. We see this phrase when he slew them. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really use the word slew so much so that I had to look it up. So slew, it's spelled S-L-E-W, pronounced slew. Um, it's an intransitive verb for you uh, classical conversations, mamas out there, or just my fellow wordies that like a good definition. I know I appreciate it when I'm struggling to piece something together. So slew, it is a verb to turn, to turn something on an axis, rotate, to turn sharply, veer, to turn about an axis. Now, naturally, I immediately think when I hear the word axis or turning of the axis or rotating, we think about planets, we think about Earth, we think about, at least I think about, knowing God is our creator. I cannot hear this definition and not think about how God perfectly positioned the Earth for life and that he perfectly placed it exactly on its axis, exactly perfectly to create life, to create enough warmth from the sun, the, the exact positioning we are from the other planets, the position from the moon. I mean, those are so scientifically proven to be so specific that that couldn't have just happened by a mere accident, which is a whole nother conversation, right? But how he positioned our axis on earth in a very specific, significant manner. Now, piecing that back into this verse, when he slew them. So he slew, he rotated, he turned the, the, <laughs> the rebellious people very specifically with purpose, he slew them. And what happened when he turned them? What happened when he rotated them? What happened when he turned them sharply or he veered them? They sought him. They returned. They sought earnestly. Then, then they went so far as to remembering, God, you are our rock. I remember now. You turned me back toward you, back into the direction that was right, back to following you, back to walking side by side with you, like Adam and Eve must have done in the garden with their feet. Gosh, think about how that looked. I can't even imagine were his, were his footprints ginormous or was he like walking like Jesus walked and his, you know, he had like a size 11, size 12. We have no idea. But he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. And when he 
slew his people. I see that as them turning and walking with them. You wouldn't allow your kid to run out in the street and get wiped out by a Mack truck screaming down your street, right? You would grab their hand. If you saw this happening, if you saw them going toward destruction, if you saw them going toward death, danger, the enemy, if you see them rushing into a direction that is not in nearness to God, what do you do? Do you just go, well, you know, it's their choice. They're going to make their own decisions. Yeah, maybe, maybe some of you do that. But gosh, for me, and I know if it was a Mack truck, you'd run, you would veer, you would rotate them on their tiny little axis, <laughs> and you would bring them near to you, near to safety, out of the dangerous situation. Now we have our children going into these spiritual situations like this all the time. Our culture is screaming after your children. Our culture is speaking lies to your children. And I don't know if you see it. The Israelites didn't always see it. But there are lies being spoken softly, quietly, subtly. The enemy wants our children. The enemy wants to destroy our families because that is where the power comes from. Families were made by God. They're a holy union before God. They're a testimony to his power. And the enemy and this world that is following the enemy is trying to grab a hold of your precious child and take them down the path to destruction, down the path that it is so far from biblical truth. It's not even funny. And he is trying to grab a hold, drag them far. And it is your responsibility as their parent, whether they're tiny or whether they're grown, that you can partner with the Lord and pray this slewing, if that is a form of the word, I haven't learned yet, but you can pray that God in his miraculous nature can slew your children. And maybe he can use your, your hand, your physical hand. Maybe he can use your words. Maybe he can use your actions to slew them back to him, back to his calling on their lives, back to life with Jesus so I just pray this over our children. I, I, I see this as, you know, a picture of God, you know, as he's veering, as he is re-angling and, and turning, rotating, as the definition says, that I see it as, you know, I'm a photographer, I'm an artist. So it is like God is giving them a gift of a fresh perspective. And when I'm in a photo shoot, I have my camera here and, you know, maybe I'm taking several shots in one angle and just not loving it. And I can step back or I can step to the right or I can step to the left or I can zoom in or zoom out or step closer. Um, maybe I get on a chair and get from a higher perspective. 
Maybe I'm on the floor. I mean, I, I literally will do whatever it takes to get a, an awesome angle, an awesome shot. And I, I know that sometimes to really get the right lighting, it requires that we rotate. It requires that I turn about to a different direction and angle my camera differently. Maybe that's, you know, allowing the light to come in in a new way. Because honestly, photography is, I think so much, so much of it is lighting. I think any photographer would agree. If your lighting's wrong, it's, it throws the whole thing off. So when God is slewing us to him, I believe he is putting us in a new perspective Going like, hey, wait, look over here. You're, you're looking at it wrong. Come here, child. Like, come over this way and stand where I'm standing. Now, do you see the picture where I, I have it? Do you see from my perspective? Do you see from my heart? Because if we truly know God, we know his heart. Child, do you see from my heart, from this angle, exactly how I have this set up for you? I want you to picture it. I want you to see it. You think of another way, you know, as an artist, one of my favorite things about formal training that I've had, formal classes, I mean, going back to like middle school, high school, college, um, one of my favorite things to do is a critique. I love crits, as we call them. I love the idea of all of my peers and we line up all of our art along the wall and we get to look at it with kindness and critique each other's. And we don't stand at the same distance that you stand when you create the piece. You stand, you know, six, 10, 15 feet away. And then maybe you step closer to get a closer perspective or closer look at some of the detail. But we have always been taught, anyone that's been through any, you know, classical art training, you're always taught to take a step back when you're doing your piece and see it from the big picture. Zoom out, if you will, and allow your, your mind to see it more clearly as a whole piece instead of, you know, super, super close with your hand right on the paintbrush or your hand on the pencil or pen. And you zoom out and you can see it in fullness. And, you know, it's a full picture. And I think so many times we are so zoomed into our own little lives that we don't see the big picture. We're missing the plan for the kingdom. We're missing God's big picture for our parenting. We're missing God's big picture for our homes. We're missing God's big picture for our culture, for our country, for his people. We are his people. So I challenge you as you listen to this, as you listen to more episodes, I challenge you to take that step back or perhaps allow God to veer you. Allow God to slew you just like he did with the Israelites. And perhaps it is then because he slewed you, because he turned you and veered you 
towards a better positioning that you will now seek God, that you'll return to him, that you will allow your parenting, your marriage, your, your career, your daily tasks, whatever that looks like in your life, whether it's folding laundry or being a surgeon, but that you can do those things with the perspective and the proper angle that you're doing it for the kingdom. And in that moment, then you will remember that God is your rock. This world isn't your rock. Whatever the world has to offer, the lies is not your rock. That God truly is your rock.